Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Hey there, freedom seekers. Ever wonder about the hero that lives inside of you, ready to conquer the business world? Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, then you know that we love exploring hero myths and using them to better understand our own heroic journeys. I wanted to make these stories even more actionable for you, so we built a way for you to uncover your business superpowers, avoid potential pitfalls, and see your entrepreneurial journey in a whole new light. Ready to discover your business owner hero type? Check out the show notes or head over to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash quiz to take our free quiz and learn which heroic energy you embody in your business. It only takes a few minutes and it's free. Your heroic journey awaits. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter. I'm here with my co-host, Clayton Olson. And we're going to talk about leadership and relationship today. I think I think this is a really useful topic for people. Clayton, you have done a ton of work in relationships specifically, and it's like it's such an important aspect of our reality. Our romantic relationships with people, I think, are are really important. A lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about them. Um, but you know, one one of the perspectives that you take that I think is really interesting is that relationship with others is like rooted in relationship in ourselves, and I think the way that mm. relationship shows up in the world can have far reaching impact in our lives. And so I think it'd be really cool for us to take some time today to talk about like leadership and what does it mean to, to apply some of these like relationship principles and ways of thinking about um, relationship styles and apply that to leadership so that we can use a new lens to kind of learn some new things about leadership. How's that sound? That sounds great. Yeah. Beautiful. So off camera, we were talking about how to increase power and influence in leadership. Yeah. And one of the things we're, we're noticing that there's an intersection there with, well, power and influence have to do with being able to like empower others, being able to influence others, get them to want to do things as well, um, inspire others. And that all falls in the domain of relationship yeah. and your capacity to communicate and how are you relating with people on a deep level. Yeah. And so today, one of the distinctions that we're going to bring in is attachment theory and talk about the different ways that attachment styles actually relate to your capacity, people's capacities to lead others. I love it. And honestly, I think, you know, if, if in the, in the realm of skills that you can develop in any area of your life, I think relationship skills have got to be the top skills. I mean, like why are humans, if we are, if you believe that we are the dominant species on the planet, which I think most people would, uh, but if we are, why is it? And that has a direct relationship to the way that we are able to connect and organize in on mass and to do things that are bigger than what a single individual person can do. And that all comes down to relationship stuff. Yeah. So I'm really excited to talk about this. If you're going to, if you're going to, if yeah. you're going to level up in one area of your life, let it be relationships um, because it's just so useful. Yeah. And I think to that leveling up and a, a model for leveling up a place to start, or let's just say a really high leverage place to look at is attachment theory, because uh, this is something that's become popular, really popular over the last 10 years. And 
you know, the origins of it are that there was a, a guy named Bulby who created a experiment with children when they were little with their parents, just to observe the ways that the children reacted when the parents left the room. And he was able to understand and uh, start to distinguish that there's a way that that kids are attached to their parents. And there's a couple different styles that uh, start to show up in these very early relationships of how we attach to our primary caregiver uh, that say a lot about us, say a lot about our trust in ourselves, say a lot about our trust in life. And what's wild is this style, 10, 20 years later, this attachment theory has really now been brought into a romantic context where we look at, are we anxious? Are we secure? Are we avoidant? Uh, those are the three primary ones. And how do those express themselves in our capacity to get close to somebody in relationship and reveal ourselves and feel safe and trust ourselves when they're not around? And all this stuff really dictates relational health and is a very clear indicator of the type of problems and challenges you're going to have with a romantic partner. When I learned this stuff, my experience of it was, holy cow, this is like the holy grail of being human in some ways. Mm. And I learned this with all of the kind of NLP work that I did. It was one of the more, the, the graduate classes where we really distinguished what attachment is. And I hear a lot of people talking about this in the realm of relationship. It's very, it's trending right now. It's very popular. You, if you're listening, you've probably heard of it. If you haven't, you know, we'll, we'll give you a decent foundation here. But what is having more and more of my fascination is how do these styles begin to not only impact the way that we're in relationship with a romantic partner, but how are we in relationship with life and how are we in relationship with everybody else around us, including our business, including the people that maybe report to our us, customers, including the people that maybe, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so when we take this lens and map it over to that, uh, I think we can get some real number one awareness and then two, uh, some practical steps to start to increase our power, our influence and our capacity to lead. Yeah. And I just I want to uh, underscore and highlight this thing because, you know, there can be a real tendency to take things personally when we're talking about, you know, these these styles and you can sort of identify with them. And I want to I want to make clear that you are not your style. And I like thinking of them as styles and calling them styles because, you know, styles can change. Fashions can change over time. And so, um, you know, if you have some of these tendencies or if you were to take, you know, one of the tests or something like that and it, and it brings you back your attachment style. Um, just know that that is a flexible thing. Human beings can change. We are we can move in and out of different styles given different contexts in our reality, and you know all of them have absolutely strengths and weaknesses. I think it's useful to understand that like everything's fine the way that it is. And so, um, so I want to encourage you to open your mind as we're talking about these things to like reflect on how you might show up and maybe might show up in various different contexts in your life just to get more power. Again, the more you can understand about this stuff and kind of reflect on it and then like listen to individual situations mm. in, in both the way that you're showing up and the people around you are showing up, the more we, power and influence and choice we have in any given situation. So uh, I just want to uh, make a little space for this being a stylistic thing and we can have influence over it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well yeah. said. Clayton, why don't you start us off by um, kind of giving us a high level overview of what the styles themselves are and, um, and then we'll we'll take maybe take them one at a time and go through and you know what to look out for and how it works and how it might show up in your reality. Okay, so I've got four styles here that we're going to look at today, and these are these are the the four 
uh, standard styles of attaching uh, that are found. So the first one is anxious attachment. Okay, so an anxious attachment style in leadership often manifests as being a leader who is really sensitive to the team's dynamics. Uh, and there may be a way in which you're constantly seeking reassurance and feedback. Uh, you may struggle with delegation and also be micromanaging at times with your team. So uh, there might be a way that you're a little bit over-involved. Boundaries might be a problem. And there could be an insecurity about how you're looking and whether or not you're doing a good job. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a way, there's a way in which uh, there may be a discomfort with space. That's that space and, and sovereignty or silence. and yeah, and, and allowing people to maybe have real, just full ownership and trust them that they can t- handle on their own. That might be slightly compromised. Got it. If you're an anxious attached, okay. And then flipping to the other side, that also falls into the category of insecurely attached, is the avoidant attachment style in leadership. And this is where leaders will be more self reliant and independent, a fierce independence that comes forth from them, and they may not want to rely on others and actually keep their emotional distance from their team. So it might look like distancing, very strict boundaries. They're more detached. And what they're doing is prioritizing tasks over relationship in their leading style. So this is more like um, the kind of the CEO who just is hard to get a hold of, like lives in the tower, doesn't really like come and and mingle and interact with people, but kind of there's the the systems and structures around what gets done and when it gets done. And then we're like mostly like hands off the actual day-to-day interactions, relationships with people. Yep. It has more of a closed door policy, is harder to contact, is not really involved in building strong connections. There may be even a a thought there that uh, to rely on people too much is actually a sign of weakness. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get more into that later. And then we'll talk about the other uh, primary one that people fall into. So the first two, anxious, avoidant, and now we're going to move into secure. So a securely attached leader uh, is a, a much more balanced and I would say inhabits the best qualities of both while in many ways being able to disintegrate and let go of the worst qualities of the last two I talked about. So they're balanced, they're resilient, they're empathetic. Secure leaders are comfortable with both independence and interdependence. They handle feedback well and they trust their team. So how they show up is they're supportive, they're empowering. They acknowledge the team's needs. They communicate openly. And they're very well-rounded. And here's the key too. They're emotionally intelligent. Mm. This is where I would say emotional intelligence begins to intersect with leadership is that the secure leader is able to be with their own emotions, communicate through their emotions in a more adept way than the previous. And also be, be tuned into the emotions of other people and things that might not be so obvious on the surface. Yeah. Listening to what might the causes of different performance issues might be things like that, where um, it's, you know, it's less of like an all or nothing kind of a story and more of like a nuanced understanding of what's going on and a tuned in uh, experience with relationship. You got it. Yeah. And so we'll just talk about the fourth one just briefly yeah. here. This one's less common. This is the disorganized attachment style and leadership. And this leadership style is often very unpredictable. And it's typically a mix of some of the worst qualities of anxious and avoidant. So they may oscillate between being really involved in what's happening day to day and then all of a sudden be completely distant and just ghost. Mm -hmm. Uh, They often respond really well to crises, though, in the workplace, because what typically creates disorganized attachment is growing up in a household where there was a lot of crisis. So there's a way in which they're just kind of built for that. 
but there's a cost to that. We can always talk about that uh, as we dive deeper in each yeah. type. One of them, I think, is actually that there can be a, a creation of or a viewing of the world in through the lens of crisis, which then makes yes. things that may not be yeah. crises with another way of looking at them uh, seem like, really feel like crises, like really important, high stakes, right? You know, every, the house is on fire, everything's going to burn down, that sort of thing, you know, because once we're in that mode, then we can activate power or whatever. And then, so that's going to have its natural. Yeah, yeah, well put. And you can just imagine the impact that has on other people that whose nervous systems are built. Yeah, that. totally. So um, I think it's worth saying, yeah. Everybody wants to believe that they're securely attached, right? You know, when we do the evaluation, everybody wants to be securely attached. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think we can, we can believe that we are, but one of the powers of this kind of a lens is really, I think, honest reflection and noticing like when you might actually be experiencing some of these, like, um, cause there's going to be strengths, but there's also going to be some downsides. And when you might be in uh, the experience of some of these downsides, like how to handle them. And in order for that to happen, it's going to be important for us to recognize that we, you know, that we are in those states. And so I want to just encourage you to like open oh, your mind to the possibility that you might not be as securely attached as a leader as you think you are. I'm going to be playing the same game along with it. Clayton, I would invite you to play it with us too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then just get curious about yep. like, how might some of these patterns be showing up in your reality as we talk through them? And so maybe it would be a good place for us to dig into some of the pros, the cons, the impact on the team for each type as yeah, well. I think you said you had uh, uh, some thoughts that are buttressing these kind of different attachment styles. And so um, I think yes, that can be a absolutely. really useful way too yeah. to identify if you might be stepping into those types of leadership sometimes. Yeah. Because if you recognize yeah. these thoughts, you're like, oh yeah, that is a, yep, that's a thought that I think. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, let's, yep. let's go through that. Let's do yeah. a, a anxious maybe first. One more thing that I wanted to put out here, just to piggyback on what you're saying as well. You know, look, if, if you're not familiar with uh, attachment styles and you have not taken an assessment yet, there are a number of them online, which I would encourage you to take. Uh, I think that there may be a strong correlation between how you show up in your intimate relationship with also how you show up with other people. Mm. Uh, so if like myself, I have a tendency to uh, err more towards avoidance. That's too. something yeah. that I've been working on and... Yeah, continuing to uh, dig deep within myself and, and look at more clearly so that I can move more into securely attached. And I've also noticed that the way that expresses itself in my relationship, some of those same feelings also can come out in the way that I lead in the work that I do. Um, when I'm hiring people or working with contractors, I might have more of a tendency to kind of like be a little bit hands off and not diving in. And so if you know your attachment style around your romantic relationship, uh, you might see that it's, like, it's not that far off for it to begin to have an impact in the way that you just show up everywhere in life. Yeah. So we're just kind of expanding the lens. Yeah. Here. Cause you know, how you are is how you are. And you know, where, you know, they say wherever you go, there you are. And it's like, if you think about your personality yep. as being a, a set of connected neurons in your brain that are just like stronger or weaker connections and, you know, you, you interact, interface yep. with the world and you know, how you're, how you're wired up is going to show up in all these different ways. Now that's not to say that it's set or permanent or fixed. Um, but it is to say that like, it's going to show up the same way in most of your situations, if you can kind of look at it that way. And, um, and then the other thing yep. that you're saying that I really like, I want to highlight is that these are spectrums, you know what I mean? Like we're saying we tend more toward the, mm -hmm. the avoidant, right? And so it's not like a light switch. You're not like either avoidant or secure or anxious or, or disorganized or whatever. It's going to be more of a spectrum mm -hmm. that we exist along. 
And that spectrum, that is the power too, because if you're along a spectrum, you can sort of move toward maybe the secure leadership style and get some of those benefits of, of everything yep. going on. Yep, totally. And we can talk about that. We'll actually, let's throw that in on this one as well as we go through each yeah, one let's do it. is a little bit of what you can begin to do. So the place that I'd like to start here is just talking about a little bit of the beliefs, the foundational beliefs that might be there for the anxious leader mm -hmm. that are just kind of simmering in the background, things that we think are reality, but maybe are important for us to excavate, look at and determine whether or not they're yep. true. So oftentimes the anxious attached leader might have an underlying belief that they're not good enough. And that if they don't do everything perfectly, they're going to be rejected mm -hmm. and or that their team actually can't be trusted. And so if that they if they take their eyes off their team, that everything's going to fall apart. So there might be a belief that they need to get constant feedback and reassurance from others in order to affirm their worth and decisions. So there's like an external validation that may be present for them, mm -hmm. uh, a deep seated fear of rejection. Uh, and then also there is this almost mantra that might be present for them that is like my value is based on what other people think mm. so if other people think i am valuable then i am valuable rather than coming from the inside one last belief here is there's a belief in the unpredictability of situations leading to a need for constant monitoring and control yeah so like i gotta check everything i gotta i gotta check and double check that everything's working out well. Um, and you know, my, my yep. mind has to be on it. Another thought that I noticed from leaders like this are, um, my customers are coming to, to my business for me. So I have to be the one who is mm. always doing everything like available for everything. Like I, I have to always be online. I have to always be available. Um, I have to say yes to everything that they ask me for, um, uh, because it's, because that's what they're coming to me for is for that is for my like being a good, you know, provider or whatever the, you know, whatever yep. the thing is. And so these are the ways that this, this thought, these thoughts show up. Hyper-responsive problem drawing boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I have to check everything that the team's doing. I'm all, I'm always online. Um, yeah. Like that's what it means yep. to be a, gotta take time off exactly. work. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yep. If any of these are sounding yeah. familiar. It's funny. Cause I notice it myself too, the ways in which you know, I might dip into anxious leadership style sometimes in my own work as well. Just noticing it can be really important to kind of come back to my center. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the pros are is typically these leaders are very, uh, they're highly empathetic. They're attentive to team dynamics. They're strongly committed to relationships. They're passionate, they're caring, they're motivated, and they pay attention to details. That's one of the superpowers is they actually see into relational dynamics very deeply and they can sometimes see problems before they occur. The shadow side of that is they might create a problem that actually is not that big of one. Right. Right. So the, the impact on the team can be that the team feels that they're being micromanaged, that there is more stress present. There is pressure. There's a lack of autonomy, a lack of trust, which ultimately can deteriorate morale. Yeah. And burnout happens amongst teams with an anxious leader. Um, and also you can sometimes notice that there will be a, a disenrollment that happens in the team. So like you know, if nothing I ever do is good enough yeah. and you, you're going to come by and check and redo the work anyway, like I can kind of just phone it in. Mm. Um, and that's mm -hmm. just the way that our relationship is going to be. So that's kind of one of the downsides. So a couple of things that somebody can do to shift to secure in this, just a couple ideas that we have that may begin to get you thinking more like how a secure leader would think and even take some action in that direction. Um, one 
practice giving positive feedback. Two, consciously and more responsibility to the team. And also keep perspective. Don't catastrophize mistakes, which means that there is a way in which when you are feeling dysregulated, you have a practice to come back to self and respond from a regulated, balanced state versus having reactivity drive your actions and then collapse onto other people. Yeah. And then finally, talk to trusted mentors or coaches about this so that you are not living in a vacuum with these fears, but rather they can be parsed out, looked at, turned around and seen that maybe they're not true. Uh, that will ultimately start to help you move more into security. Yeah, because they can seem like they're true. I mean, that's how all of these things will operate is that you'll believe that you're like reporting on the news or the weather in your mind rather than taking yeah. a perspective or an opinion. And so that's that's a useful thing to understand. Um, I also uh, yeah. to add to one thing to the um, giving more enrollment to the team or more responsibility to the team. I think one thing that's really useful for anxious yeah. leaders to do when they're in this is to ask the team, how do you think we should solve this? How do you think we can handle this to, um, to give that responsibility, to give that autonomy and also to show that kind of trust and also to develop your own sense of trust in the team. Cause you can hear how they think through it. And, and so um, when it works, it works really well. A very practical application there. And, uh, I love it because it, it's giving power. It's giving your power away and taking some of the burden off of you and, and empowering others to really take ownership of something. I mean, and not for yeah. nothing, this kind of a pattern showing up in leadership winds up with the leader feeling really burned out and overwhelmed and always on. And yep. I can't ever rest. And, you know, my like, I maybe I'm just going to burn this business down because, I, you know, I started the business for freedom yep. in the first place. And now here I am more stressed out than I ever was because, you know, you're trying to plug all mm -hmm. the holes in the dam with your fingers and toes. And uh, and so, like, the more yeah. we can kind of empower our team. And really build trust. Think about it. Just like in any relationship, you build trust over time through the practice yeah. of trusting and watching it pay off, practicing, trusting and watching it pay off, that sort of thing. Yeah. What I love about what we're talking about here is I think we're really creating a clear distinction that oftentimes the way that we're relating to what's happening in our business is not actually what's happening in the business. What's actually happening is our attachment style is getting activated and now we're seeing our life through that lens. That is leading to burnout, that is leading to overworking, that is leading to a lack of boundaries, people pleasing, and moving into the stressed out state where, of course, we want to burn it all down. What we're actually wanting to burn down is our own way of being in relationship with that thing more so than that thing itself. And so when we can separate that like with, with, with what we're doing here in this podcast, I think that we can stop trying to change that and actually slow down and, and really say, okay, I need to move more into secure attachment. Yeah. So it... I think it gives you, a, it's a high leveraged uh, tool to, to work yeah, on. Love it. Well, all right. Uh, let's talk about the next one. Just a couple of beliefs about the avoidance. So the avoidance is on the opposite side of the spectrum from the anxious. The belief that the avoidant operates under is that if they get too close to people, it might lead to disappointment. It might be that they would feel overwhelmed. They would lose themselves. Um, emotions should be suppressed in any type of leadership capacity. That's typically a, an avoidant belief. Uh, there's a very strong belief in self-reliance and that needing others is a sign of weakness, uh, that they need to actually maintain emotional distance from the people that they're working with to protect them from vulnerability and potential hurt. And that, yeah, core belief that if you're too close to somebody, you're going to lose your autonomy. And so what this often does is it can lead to a, a skepticism about other people's intent as well. And 
just create this this gap between you and the, the people that work for you, the people that are in your life uh, that can create suspicion all the way around. Now, there are some pros to this, like the pros of this style, if you can identify with it, are that you're really good at working independently, typically have strong problem solving skills because you're used to doing things on your own. And there's a way in which you're not micromanaging the people that are working with you. In fact, you're more absent. You're letting them go. You're letting them have uh, their independence. So uh, you typically also have high standards. And because you're not in the kind of relational aspect of things, you can be really focused on the tasks at hand. Mm -hmm. Now, the cons are uh, you may be perceived as aloof or uncaring, and you also uh, might avoid addressing personal conflicts that actually happen within your company, within your business, because it's just you don't want to get into the weeds around that. And that can end up turning into bigger problems later on that leads to poor rapport uh, and a total impact on uh, people that are working for you's ability to trust you and trust each mm -hmm. other. And I kind of think about this as almost the the belief that like people are tasks, people are like deliverables and mm. they're interchangeable. And, it, you know, if if this one doesn't work, then, you know, we'll just swap it out and find someone who does who can get the thing done. The, another thought that shows up with clients a lot around this is you can't mm. trust people. Uh, people are just trying to take advantage of you or they're just trying to do the mo minimum basic thing. Now, this, I think, is an extreme view. Uh, side of it. But that's one that shows up like, you know, people are just trying to do the bare minimum to get what they want. And, and so you got to like, you got to really make sure that they're doing what they said they were going to do, that sort of thing. Um, Like really harsh on delivery. Yeah. yeah. And within that, I'm also seeing that there could very well be a way of leading more through the stick than the carrot. Right, exactly. Because if you're not trusting people's motivations, you're thinking, well, they, there has to be a healthy amount of fear present in these people in order for them to stay engaged in their work. Yep. Right versus actually leading through a place of inspiration and creating motivation and enthusiasm to be in, in growth paths for people to really feel engaged and connected to the world. Yeah, totally. The cons, you know, you, you're going to lose enrollment with people. You're going to lose relationship with people. Yep. You're going to lose some of people's best, highest level and their genius level because we're entering yes. into a relationship where we're not trusting each other, where we're operating from a place of doubt and skepticism. And, and then, you know, that's it's we're just not building a solid relationship. Like imagine in the context of an interpersonal relationship, what that looks like, right? Like what happens when you're showing up sure. with the person that's close to you and you're not trusting them, you can't rely on them. And that's just the stance that you're taking. Like what happens to the closeness? What happens to the relationship? What happens to their willingness to show up in the relationship? And that same thing's happening with yeah. our teens. Yeah. And I think it's really important to point out too that, you know, human beings have a fundamental uh, thing that they do with authority figures. They, they attach to them. Mm -hmm. So we as humans, we attach to our teachers, we attach to our bosses, we attach to our employers almost as if they're like pseudo parents. And so, you know, how you're showing up in this role of in some ways being a parent is going to very much impact their capacity to feel safe. And to feel like they have predictability in their environment and that will allow their best self to come online for them to do their most creative work. So who you're being as a leader in this, if you're in either anxious or avoidant or disorganized, uh, you very well are impacting that other person's capacity to be their highest best self and perform the task at hand. Yeah. So just a, a reminder and a distinction. We can uh, move on here. Just a couple practices. And I'd love to hear what you think about these. One of them would be to make an effort to connect with the people working with you and have casual chats. Mm -hmm. So start to build a little bit more of a personal relationship with them. 
if something bothers you, discuss your feelings rather than withdrawing from them. And then also to encourage open communication, validate others when they share problems with you versus see them as a burden. So validate their emotional experiences so you're continually opening that line. Yeah. And then also practice empathy. Imagine yourself in their shoes, uh, feel what it might be like to be in their shoes. And, and that will ultimately keep moving you into doing the practices and behaviors of what a securely attached leader right. does. Right. And I can almost hear the, the avoidant part of me going, yeah, but uh, it's so much work for what? Or, you know, like what's yeah, the point yeah. of all that? And so it's like, and so I think noticing that tendency of like, mm. The tendency to withdraw and just understanding that it's going to have an impact on your team, on their enrollment, on their willingness to show up and go to bat for you. Because like relationship is why we go to yeah. bat for each other, right? Because we care about each yeah. other. And if we're just, you know, if we're just cogs in a machine, then there's no, that relationship piece will be minimized. Mm. And so notice this tendency in yourself yeah. and, and notice it in a very practical way. It's really useful to like notice this and build relationship in these ways because, you know, ultimately... I mean, personally, I think like, what else What's the point of the planet if not to be in relationship with each other? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all this other shit, yeah. what are we even working for if not relationship? Right. The key distinction that I hear you saying in that too, is that you're essentially saying that when you're able to move more into this place of uh, some of these actions that we just stated, moving more into secure attachment, you help other people step out of a transactional way of being with their work and maybe being in more of a place of generosity where they're not trying to keep score on whether things are fair but rather you're creating an environment for them to want to truly give their best self yeah. and also feel seen and feel rewarded and acknowledged and, and supported on levels that maybe you can't calculate, that you can't put on a scoreboard. Love it. Yeah. So secure attachment style and le leadership. Uh, some of the beliefs that are present for someone in this attachment style are that they are worthy, that their team has value. And here's an important one, that people are inherently trustworthy. Mm. So uh, secure leaders are comfortable with both independence and uh, interdependence. Uh, they also know that they, they can trust their team and they also value their team's input and that it's important for both them as well as the people that work for them to have a balance in their professional life and their personal life. Mm -hmm. And so this is that, that uh, kind of honoring of, of space and closeness uh, outside of just the immediate relationship, but even just space and closeness within the way everybody relates to work and their personal life as well. Yep. I'm curious if there's anything else that you would add to yeah. that. Yeah, so secure leader, common thoughts that come up are like, we can figure this out. Everything's going to be okay. I hear a lot. I have a really amazing team. I can trust them to mm. take care of their stuff. And, you know, obviously there's always room for improvement yeah. we can always get better and better. But from my, my secure leaders, I hear very regularly, I, I've, I've got such a great team. Well, like that thought, I have such yeah. a great team, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so that's a really common. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear in many ways, like, and just, I think an importance of uh, collaboration, right? Just that uh, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. And there's just a knowing of that. Yeah. Intrinsically. And that's where we get in yeah. that interdependence, I think is so useful because that's when, this is when businesses get really cool is when you start to have individual team yeah. members be able to like handle their parts and then pass work between them and focus on their specific zones of genius and then interrelate with the other members of the team. Yeah. And that's when we get to have these really powerful teams based on trust, based on facility, based on everybody kind of operating in their highest and best unique abilities, which I think is really cool. Yep. Something that's really interesting here around the secure leadership piece that I think is going to throw a little bit of a curveball in here is, you know, one of the potential cons that I came across uh, for 
the securely attached leader is that it might be potentially less uh, common and maybe less effective in highly competitive environments, mm-hmm. which is really interesting to think about. Yeah. You know, so uh, I was talking to another buddy of of mine who's an executive coach, and he was just naming some of the people like Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, and some of the these these leaders that maybe are operating not relationally, but just you know scorching the earth behind them, an arrogance, vision, a, a effectiveness above relationship, and so it's just an interesting thing to kind of play with and and uh, get underneath that could be a possible future episode at some yeah. point. Uh, but overall, I, I do see that I think if we're talking about sustainability and having people that stick with you and that are going to be in the trenches and, and working with you towards an aligned goal where you're, you're not cutting people out and dysregulating them and leading out of fear, you're going to do the marathon. I think that secure attachment and leadership is probably the most effective. For yeah. That. Cause you know, they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Right. And so. Beautiful. Yes. You, you yes. know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, maybe there's like these bursts and yeah, look, I, look, I'm not here to say, you know, Elon's not doing something great for the world. Or Bezos isn't doing something great for the world or uh, what I am. You totally. know, what I am saying is that there there are probably going to be pros and cons of both. And honestly, I think this is also value, values yep. are going to be really important because for me, relationship is the most important thing, not achievement. And I think that, you know, the, the, either are fine. You can have whichever one. And it's not that you have to sacrifice the one for yeah. the other. But, you know, it's like it's just a question of what's most important to you as a leader, as an individual, that sort of thing. So totally. Yeah. So finally, just a couple of things here around like the impact on the team, just because so we can kind of round this out. What is it that the secure leader brings and what kind of impact does it have? Uh, There's a positive work environment. There's high team morale. There's effective communication and you create loyalty and well-being and in confidence in yourself. There's a culture that can be created from the secure base that otherwise might be compromised or, or fractured in some ways with these other two styles. Yeah. Plus they feel, I think, more stressful in general. I think that's one of the biggest benefits of a secure leadership yeah. attachment is you feel yeah. more comfortable. Like you feel like things are smooth and flowing yeah. and like the feeling of trust feels really good uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I just want to like underpin some yeah. of the things that I think are really key for this distinction uh, for, for being in the secure is like responsibility, a sense of personal responsibility and a sense of other responsibility, mm-hmm. like that everybody is kind of responsible for their own experience, I think is really critical. Um, a sense of acceptance of things, the way that they happen to show up mm-hmm. in the world and the way that you are and the way that your team is and, you know, the, the practices and tendencies that we have in ourselves, I think is really critical. And then I think that there's this um, this mm. main character energy that's really a useful kind of frame, which is that like I am the center of my reality and you are the center of your reality. This is related to responsibility. But um, but I think that the, the avoidant maybe has this main character energy, but the anxious doesn't as much have the main character energy. It's like your experience is more important than my experience. This is where you get like more of a martyr complex. Um, but I just think that that these are some of the things, the underpinnings that are really useful is like being in responsibility, being accepting of situations exactly as they are, people as exactly as they are. Um, not not to say that we don't want them to change, but that we're accepting of them as they are right mm. now, because that's going to give us our most, uh, our best at bat for making changes in the first place. This main character energy, and then this sense of belonging as well, that uh, you belong in the world mm. um, and that every mm-hmm. you belong together, you belong at any table you're at. And I think these are really useful kind of underpinning things. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. 
there's a, a, a presupposition in NLP that uh, states something to the effect of that the element within the system that has the most flexibility controls the system. The element oh. within the system that has the most flexibility controls the system. And what we're talking about, if we look at this through a flexibility lens, the avoidant attachment has a really great capability to be independent, but does not have a lot of flexibility to connect. Right. The anxious has a lot of flexibility to connect, but not a lot of flexibility to actually back away and allow uh, things to trust that things will work, even if we're not looking at them. The securely attached leader has flexibility and can actually enter into the best of both worlds. Yeah. Right. So there's a way that they can adapt and move and shift and allow themselves to be fully present for what is presenting to itself and to make sober, calculated moves uh, that are driven from values and alignment versus be reactive. Yeah, I love that. Which is what we see a lot in anxious and avoidance. There's a lot of reactivity that can be present when people start to get pushed up against their edge, falling into default patterns that are not relational and ultimately can compromise the foundation. Love it. So for all you listening out there, um, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to reach out to us in the DMs and uh, on Instagram, uh, either Clayton or I will put the links in the show notes. Um, but we'd love to hear your thoughts about this. Like, how did you recognize any of these thoughts in you? Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to work on as a result of this? Um, what it, just take a moment to reflect, ask yourself that question and see, uh, you know, what learnings and opportunities do you have from this kind of a lens of looking at the world? Any final thoughts, Clayton? No, I think we covered it. All right, everybody, thanks for listening and uh, live your freedom, love your life. Hey there, shifters. If you enjoy the podcast and you've been wanting to take your game to the next level, you might want to hear about our new program. We're calling it The Mindset Gym, and it's a virtual community where we take all the tips, tricks, and strategies and we put them into practice. Ever notice how when you go to an exercise class, you always seem to push a little harder than when you work out on your own? Well, The Mindset Gym is like a group exercise class for your business. Imagine a community of badass business owners coming together a couple of times a month to work on their mindsets, strategies, and find some business besties. It's all about practicing together. Sound like something you might want to be a part of? Check out the link in the show notes or go to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash the dash mindset dash gym to learn more. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life. <laughs>